Welcome to another edition of the Alliant Health Solutions Making Healthcare Better podcast. My name is Rakia Campbell and I'm your host today. And joining me today is Lynn Bradford. And Lynn is the Director of Program Development and Behavioral Health for Alliant Health Solutions. So thank you for joining me today, Lynn. Hi, thank you, Rakia. Glad to be here. Um, I am a psychologist and pri prior to joining um, healthcare administration work, I spent 17 years as a therapist working with kids and their families. Um, very challenging work, but very rewarding work. Um, after that, I spent 11 years working in Medicaid managed care in Indiana, uh, and I worked for two of the managed care companies that the state contracted with. And uh, last year, I joined Alliant as their director of business development for behavioral health. Mm -hmm. Great, great. So today we're going to be talking about telemedicine, um, specifically in the behavioral health space. So can you start by telling us more about Alliant ASO and the work specifically that that division does in the behavioral health space? Sure, sure. So Alliant ASO works with Medicaid managed care companies mm -hmm. uh, to help them improve care that their behavioral health providers deliver to their membership. So we do that um, by um, working with their providers uh, to help them understand Medicaid regulations and you know, the standards of care and billing so that uh, they can do a better job. So the work we do in managed care is quality improvement work. Now, of course, if we find egregious issues, then it becomes a little more than that improvement mm -hmm. cycle. But, um, most of the time, uh, we're just educating providers on the regulations in their state and you know, how to keep up with the changes that occur in their Medicaid programs. Mm -hmm. Which I'm sure there's probably a lot you know, as, as government and you know, state regulations change all the time. So, yes. so with that, what are you seeing that's really unusual in the behavioral health space? Well, in managed care and in my experience uh, over that 11-year time period, um, behavioral health is a very small piece of the spending pie for a healthcare company, and it's not at the top of the priority list. So oftentimes um, things go on in the behavioral health space that should be attended to, but are not because, mm -hmm. you know, they're just not big dollar kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So we miss an opportunity to improve the quality of care. And when I left clinical service to join you know, Medicaid managed care, mm -hmm. my goal was to improve the care being delivered to our membership. Mm -hmm. So it's important to monitor the uh, care delivery mm -hmm. of our uh, behavioral health providers. Um, can you elaborate on what you're seeing in the industry as a need? Well, yeah, yeah. So definitely telehealth has come, you know, to a mature, a more mature level and the use of it has increased over the past years. So it's definitely here to stay, which mm -hmm. is a good thing because yeah. we have access issues in behavioral health. We don't have enough providers. 
in um, psychiatry or in psychology or the master's level therapist level. Mm -hmm. So this is a way to reach, you know, a bigger audience, mm -hmm. especially in the rural areas. So, you know, what telemedicine is very simply is delivering care um, over a distance with, you know, communication technology. So it's really just what it is, what you see as it is. Mm -hmm. And this is the definition in federal regulations. So when COVID hit, um, they did a study on utilization, uh, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And they found a 2,600% increase in use between uh, March and June of 2019 and March and June of 2020, which is the first several months of COVID. Wow. So no, surpri no surprise there. Mm -hmm. And the blessing, I guess, of the pandemic was that CMS loosened the regulations around telemedicine mm -hmm. to improve access. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they could use Skype, they could use Zoom, um, those kinds of things. So the only thing that concerns me is the security of the transmission. I mean, you're mm -hmm. putting your personal life stuff out there and, right. you know, right. so, you know, before the pandemic, there were regulations around the systems that could be used and they had to be secure. So mm -hmm. obviously in the interest of access, those were put aside. So I hope that mm -hmm. they don't tighten things back up, but they do look at the security piece. Yeah. Because, you know, if it was me as a patient, mm -hmm. I would be a little nervous, you know, <laughs> I know my business, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, but, you know, those kinds of statistics, those numbers, really show that there's a benefit to having telemedicine out there. Absolutely. Yeah. And just and, to at least give more people access to that right. type of that type of um, specialty. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there are good outcomes to use of telemedicine. Now, this research was done prior to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So one can only kind of extrapolate that it would be more widespread. But mm -hmm. tele behavioral health services and particular therapy services show good outcomes via telehealth. Mm -hmm. And then another study showed that um, between 2005 and 2017, the majority of telemedicine visits were in the behavioral health space. Mm -hmm. So even prior to the pandemic, you know, behavioral health had its place. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hopefully that continues. Yeah. yeah that would be a really good thing. Awesome. How are documentation standards and standards of clinical care measured? Well, so each state runs their Medicaid program differently. Mm -hmm. So, so providers have to be educated. You know, they have to know where the regulations are, to know how to keep up with the bulletins, or however a state Medicaid program communicates with its providers. Mm -hmm. um, and in addition, you know, documentation standards aren't unique to each state. So providers, if you're not generally trained on this when you go through your graduate school work. Mm -hmm. So it's important that wherever you work trains their providers on documentation standards. Mm -hmm. So when I was a provider, I had to, you know, teach myself or picked up on it along the way. Uh -huh. But, you know, for providers who work in like community mental health centers, it's the responsibility of those centers to make sure their new providers as they come in get trained. Mm -hmm. so that the mistakes aren't made. Because if the documentation isn't right, it affects billing mm -hmm. as well as standard of care. It's a trickle down um, and, effect. 
Correct, correct. Yeah. And then there are billing standards, mm -hmm. you know, by state. So providers are responsible to bill properly. Mm -hmm. So none of these things is different when the service is delivered via telemedicine. It's the same standards. Mm -hmm. Great. So how is Alliance supporting those efforts um, with, our, with our customers that we work with? Well, the main thing we do is what we call provider monitoring. So the plans we work with, quarterly we sample their provider records mm -hmm. and we actually audit the charts. Mm -hmm. And we have an audit tool that is based on the state's policies, regulations, and whatever the managed care company's policies are. Mm -hmm. And we audit those records against all of those standards and policies. So we're, we give a health plan insight into what their providers are doing. And we're oftentimes looking at smaller providers that don't necessarily catch the attention of a health plan. So we're able to find things that they would not know about because it's not a big health center. Mm -hmm. and, and so we have found issues, particularly with treatment planning, where you set out you know, what it is you're going to change in terms of what you're your patient is bringing to therapy. Mm -hmm. And you have to make those goals measurable or you won't know if they're making progress or not. Mm -hmm. And so we have found that in treatment plans, the goals aren't written in measurable terms. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna give some examples of that here shortly. Okay. And when they're charting their sessions, they're not listing in the note, You know, here's the goal we were working on today, Here's the intervention we used, and here's how the patient responded. And then if it's measurable, you can say, and progress is so much percent towards the goal. Wow. wow. And so when providers are having to justify the need for services with their healthcare plan, it's easy. Mm -hmm. You know, you send mm -hmm. in their notes, so you can say, yeah, they started here, you know, their depression was at a 10, and now their depression's at a three. Right, so, right. So it's, it's very easy. and. Mm -hmm. So when I was a therapist, it, it just made my life easier because I yeah. knew that I was helping my patients. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've seen the measurability issue and we've seen, you know, poor charting of the session notes. Mm. And how does that negatively impact the provider? I can imagine, obviously, it's um, cost them money. Um, well, it costs the health plan money. It's, it's kind of, you know, waste of resources. You can go, right. you know, where you might reach, achieve... Um, you know, accomplishment of goals in 12 weeks, if you're using, you know, an evidence-based treatment and you're measuring, you could just go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, you know, therapy's not doing anything, you know, mm -hmm. the longer, you know, if you're not measuring what you're doing. Yeah. So for example, I mentioned depression earlier. Mm -hmm. So an example of, you know, what I'm talking about is you have a person with depression mm -hmm. come in. So I always used, um, I used uh, Burns, um, work on with depression, it's cognitive behavioral work. So there was a depression rating scale. So I would give that every session mm -hmm. to track if the depression was remitting as a result of the work I was doing. Okay. Um, and so I could put a measurable goal. Okay. You know, my patient started with a depression of nine and our goal at the end of treatment is to be like a two. Mm -hmm. And I'm mm -hmm. going to use cognitive behavioral therapy which works on how thinking um, affects behavior and affects mood. Mm -hmm. 
So um, we know exercise helps with uh, depression. It, it raises endorphins and other neurochemicals that are at work. Mm -hmm. So a measurable goal in addition to um, the rating scales is to say, I'm, I want my patient to exercise three days a week for 30 minutes. Okay. So then every session you can say, okay, you know, how are you doing? I mean, it, mm -hmm. you see how clear that is? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we know exercise is effective in depression. There's research about that. Mm -hmm. The research is, is there as far as cognitive behavioral therapy being effective treatment intervention for depression. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you're looking at the thought patterns that keep somebody from exercising. Mm -hmm. Exercising is the behavior going to change. Right. And then, and then hopefully you see the depression uh, scores going down. Yeah. So you've got to be able to have something to correlate to ensure, like you said, that your therapy is working, that what you're, what you're suggesting they do is working. Yeah. Right. Right. And yeah. then when you chart your session notes, you should put in there, you know, here's the goal, here's the intervention, here's what I did, mm -hmm. you know, how's the patient responding. Mm -hmm. And then if you're dealing with, well, bottom line, you know, you're using what works. Mm -hmm. right. And then if you have to defend your care to an insurance company, you can mm -hmm. do that because you've got you know, documentation right there. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Good. That's good. So knowing that documentation is really of the utmost importance, how does a provider, what are the steps or top three things they need to do to, to ensure that they're having efficient documentation? Um, well, the first thing is to know your state's Medicaid regulations, mm -hmm. know how to keep up with any changes, both with documentation and how the benefits are delivered, because you don't want to mm -hmm. be delivering a, something that's not covered, because right. then you're not, you're not going to get paid for it. <laughs> and then be familiar with your provider manuals. Now, the last managed care company I worked for, their provider manual had all the documentation, all the documentation standards listed there. What... Mm -hmm an initial assessment has, has to have, what a treatment plan has to have, what a progress note has to have. So mm -hmm. if a provider was familiar with that, they would, you know, it tells them exactly what to do. Right. So those provider manuals are a, a good, a good resource. Awesome. So if I'm a managed care company, and I'm interested in working with the Lion ASO to receive the support, what do I need to do? Well, um, a managed care plan can learn about what we do at our website, AlliantASO.org, and that's Alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T, mm -hmm. and that website is full of information on what we do, and there's a couple of tunelies there that illustrate some of the cases mm -hmm. that we've done via our audits, and it'll give a managed care company a flavor of our work. Mm -hmm. um, it's important that managed care companies hold their behavioral health providers accountable mm -hmm. so that they're delivering good care properly. Um, no managed care company wants a provider who's not a good provider. Right. So, you know, we need to keep an eye on those things. So we provide this, the auditing services. Um, auditing charts is very time consuming mm -hmm. and takes a lot of staff. And so plans find it easier to contract with some a company like us mm -hmm. to do the work. Um, and, we have yeah, and we have clinicians doing the work, behavioral health clinicians. Mm -hmm. So they know what they're looking at. They know what to look for, yeah. Exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. Good. 
Good. Well, this is really great information. I'm sure a lot of managed care companies will be interested in, in learning more about this and learning more about what Alliant ASO does and how we can help them in their efforts. Um, so thank you for joining me and thanks for sharing the information. Yeah. You're welcome, Rukia. Thanks. <laughs> and thank you for listening to another episode of Alliant Health Solutions Making Healthcare Better podcast.